When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terra in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Hello, hello, hello. Um, welcome to another week of the new Spurs Order podcast. Uh, today, I will be your host, Booker T. And I've got, uh, got a bit of an uh, intimate affair tonight. And... Um, pause and um i will be uh, carrying tonight's pod with my brother scott hall how you doing man you okay i'm good man um jay spurs yes family's doing well family's doing well jay spurs thanks for that um yeah no i'm good it's been a it's been an interesting week since we last discussed uh spurs Obviously, today we've got quite an agenda to go through. I hope you're good too, and you've recovered well from the surgery, right? Yeah, I have. I have. Um, cast is off. I'm in a. I'm, a, I'm in a knee brace, moving like fairly well. Um, so just got the knee brace, and that's all going well. So thanks for asking. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, man. Uh, let's get into it. So it's been quite a busy week. Um, Sadly, we didn't have a game last week, uh, Sunday, because of the snow up in Burnley, which I still think they probably did that um, for reasons unknown to them. But uh, moving into the midweek games, uh, there were a number of pressers that Antonio Conte did. And uh, one of the biggest news to come out of the presser was the information um, about our latest signing, Christian Romero, and the injury that he sustained. Um, 
So Conte has given us a, a number of comments um, whereby he kind of has said the news really doesn't look positive, not particularly good, um, and that the injury does look somewhat serious and we won't be getting him back into the team uh, probably until January or February, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but he did, you know, make a, make a point that um, not only is he an important player, uh, but the injury is a serious one, and that's something that he stressed on. Uh, what What do you think about like what position this puts us in, Yao? And like, why do you think it's also taken this long for the club to finally come out and say something? Considering this injury was, I think maybe sustained probably about two weeks ago. Yeah, it was about two weeks ago. Um, I think the club delayed the information coming out because the truth of the matter is. Um, the fans, or should I say the fan base, uh, those that follow the New Spurs order, we're, we're not taking this crap no more. And you know, we know Romero's our best defender. It's a given. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not even it's not even up for debate. So to come out right away and tell the club or tell the fans, should I say, that our best defender is likely to be out till January, February. Obviously, the fans are gonna be like, all right, cool. Buy some recruits in January. <laughs> like we're gonna need them anyway regardless of whether man was injured or not. But now mm-hmm. you have no leg to stand on. You need to get more more bodies in. Um, so that's why I think they delayed the information regarding his injury. Um, I also think Conte stressing the point of it being serious as a as a shout to the board. To say, look, yeah. look, man, yeah. look, this injury is serious. I've got Sanchez, who's not really a Colombian, He's never done anything worthy to be a Colombian, you know, so he can't have that mantle of being known as a Colombian man. As far as I'm concerned, he has no nationality. Uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't have a country <laughs> of origin. Yeah. Hmm. We know that Dyer is diabolical, regardless of whatever he does good in his life. He's still diabolical by name and by nature. And then you've got Davis. I don't understand how Davis is still at our club. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's there, isn't it? So, you can't, we cannot go the remainder of this season with that as our back three. Absolutely. Like, it's impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, if anyone thinks miracles cannot be made, it just they just can't be made with them three at the back line. I can tolerate one out of the three. And that's me being nice. Mm-hmm. And out, out of the three, actually, now nah, I can't tolerate one out of the three because Sanchez is a complete write-off. So, yeah, nah. Not having it. Not having it at all. I mean, it's it's. That's, I think that's quite a good point that you make. Um, I feel like at this point, with the injury, obviously with him probably being the best of those three um, centre-backs, it does put us in a bit of a position because you're obviously having to get used to playing Conte style where he plays, you know, either 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. And, you know, one thing we've always known about the defenders that we possess, even before we signed Romero, was that, you know, they couldn't really be trusted. Um, and maybe Conte or maybe, you know, the club have looked at it and said, you know what, we're going to have to definitely go down the route of playing three because we all know a lot of these defenders probably are a bit more protected. Yeah. Uh, maybe more so than others by playing a three as opposed to in a two. 
but we definitely know, you know, that recruitments are going to be required. Uh, but it does leave us in a bit of a sticky position because obviously as we come towards the end of the year, which we will talk about in later on in the pod, um, that as the games pile up, tiredness sort of uh, feeds into people, um, injuries then start to run up and it then will leave us looking kind of short, um, especially when there's lots of important games, not just domestically, but in the Cups and obviously in the European games that are up- upcoming as well. So I think it is kind of important to take in that whilst we've lost Romero, it's it really is a bad thing because he is obviously our new record signing. Yeah, he's a big player for us at the moment, but the injury is a big one, and we will miss him. Uh, although some of the guys that have been performing, um, you know, I'm not going to say names, but some of them have <laughs> um, had a bit of an upturn in form, um, which we'll talk about as well later on yes. in these pods. Another uh, comment, which um, was interestingly uh, spoken about in one of Conte's presses this week, was about a um, certain player in the team who I actually like to call uh, Mr. Drip or Drown. Not everyday drip or drown, sometimes goals or goal or assists. Um, and when I say this, I speak about Stephen Bergeron, um, Dutch international who we signed about two years ago. Um, Conte actually praised him initially. Um, he spoke of him quite highly. Um, although Bergeron's only played like nine games in bits here and there, he started the season off quite well, you know, had a really good performance against City in opening day, had an assist, and since then had a number of different injuries, three starts, a couple cameo appearances. And whilst it's been stop-start, Conte seemed to actually praise him and speak quite positively about him. Um, I think his words were something in the region of... Oops. Oh, God, my laptop. Don't fall over now. Uh, one second. Oh, all of a sudden, my laptop's just... I think I saw those comments, actually. I know which ones you're talking about. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I can't see my screen. <laughs> can, but can you, can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm just going to continue talking. Um, for some reason, I can't see my screen, but I'm going to continue talking. Don't worry, you look good as um, well. Conte said something in the, in the vein of, uh, this is a player who I I like his attributes. I think he is a useful, he will be useful for us. Um, he's an international, so I was very kind of upset that I didn't get to spend, you know, the two weeks that he was able to get to spend with him. Um, but he does believe, you know, he he has great quality. Uh, he's good in one-on-ones. He's fast. Um, and I thought that was all fairly well and good. But the one comment that, that really did kind of throw me was the one where he said he believes that that Bergwijn is one of the strikers in the team. And he believes that he's someone that can play in any of, the, any of those front three positions. I mean, if we're really going to... If, if we're really going to look at that, I think that kind of points to a number of different things. Um, I'm not sure how you take it, but it kind of points to, one, he sees, I think he commented and said something on the along the lines that Son isn't a player um, that he sees actively. Or did he say that he was a striker? I can't remember. He said, was, so his actual quote was, 
Conte says he he doesn't want to use Son at number nine, mm-hmm. but believes Bergerin could play there. I mean, you know, the streets are calling him Steven Berg nine for <laughs> for a player that is offered. From what I've looked at the stats, forty appearances for Spurs, be it starts and cameos, four goals, three assists, um, which is a one in ten ratio goal ratio um it's not really looking like a positive move for Spurs you know what's your take on that so as you you know and a lot of guys know in the group uh I'm not really a stats man so he's predominantly known as a wide player so one in ten ratio for me wouldn't be so bad if the performances outweighed the stats but mm-hmm. unfortunately for this hip-hop artist that has not made an <laughs> album of the year yet, <laughs> that's not the case, yeah? His performances have stunk. And what makes it even worse is that pff, the, the stats don't even back him. So, nah, um, I think, look, honestly, if Conte thinks he could use him, as a makeshift, I don't know, false number nine, it's more than likely is what he would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I'm cool with that. And the only reason I'm cool with that is because essentially, in my mind, you're building up this guy's value for, for us to sell him for <laughs> maximum peace. That's, that's all it is. Absolutely. Because, absolutely. Because this guy, no matter what anybody says to me, just has to go. Yeah. He has to go. Like I've got, I've got no time for it. And the biggest fear about all of this for me personally is that if he's being converted to this makeshift hybrid centre forward, because it's not really a centre forward, it's more false nine support striker, SS type role. If he's being converted into that, that means the right wing is obviously a position that's largely going to be available because that's the position he used to occupy. Mm-hmm. Which, in my head, would mean, all right, maybe, just maybe, we might be going for a right winger. Okay, cool. We've been crying for that for a while. But the fear, the massive fear, that we're not going to go for a striker. And I've had it up to here. <laughs> I cannot stress this any bloody more. <sighs> we need a striker. Yeah, I know people, but you got Kane, Bundat Muk. We need a striker, bro. I don't care when it happens, but it needs to happen soon. So in that soon period that I've said, it needs to happen. I don't care if soon is one day from now, four days from now, but it needs to happen soon, innit? Like, because if our I mean, front line is going to be Sun for argument's sake, if our front line is Sun, Stevie and, and this muck. Oh my god. I'm gonna be booing man for the rest of the season, bro. Hey, listen, I mean, I'm you know, like in like contrast to you, I'm a man that whilst I watch the game, I'm big on stats. And I usually say the stats don't lie. You know, the stats generally really don't lie. Um I can't really put my finger on it with him, whether it's confidence, um, had injuries. Like Conte, 
you know, I'm very much behind Conte. Conte seems to seems to believe in him, despite you know what looked like reports that Conte wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, um, true. But he seems to favour him, and he's given him minutes here and there um, throughout the season so far. I feel like whilst the opportunity hasn't really been given, he's got to show Conte. He's got to show us, show us that he deserves his place back in the team. I've always kind of looked at him at a play, as a player that is kind of... I wasn't really sure what kind of player we were buying when we first got him. I used to think he was a a, tra- a traditional winger. Uh, but then when I watched more of his games, I felt like, yes, he was more of an inside forward, someone who's quite good on the turn, likes the ball to feet, very good dribbler, quite good like you know for getting in and around the box. And in many respects, we kind of saw that. Uh, when he when he first signed him, but then obviously a lot of the performances and obviously the stats dried up, and um, he just became one of the bunch, you know, that we kind of talk about at Spurs. So I kind of feel if there is a position to try him in, yes, okay, we could possibly try him in a false nine. But again, I don't want that to negate from the negligence that we've always given to supporting Kane with another striker, you know. And yep. with losing Vinicius and losing Bale and not really having the trust in players like um, Dane Scarlett, um, we are missing goals, definitely from that sort of a viewpoint. And if he can hopefully step in, in a sort of revised way that um, Conte can maybe fashion him, then I'm all for it. But I still feel like he has to, he has to show us a bit more. Um, he does. And I do agree. But on the comment that Vlaovic is not coming to Spurs, listen, big man, money talks, in it? Like, I've been saying this all throughout the pod. Every single pod that we've spoken about transfer, I was like, money talks, all of this stuff like man ain't going here, man ain't going there. Money talks. It yeah, does talk. It, 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 it does talk. And I feel like with the Vlaovic as well, which, which we'll discuss, that's a big sort of issue because at the end of the day, everyone knows that it's going to be a lottery if you leave it till the summer. And yep. if you can maybe try and sort that out now, we don't know. But uh, I think Toby's made a good point where he said, you know, is Conte trying to manage the manage the squad pretty much between now and January uh, or the summer? I mean, he probably yeah. is. He probably yes. is. Um, because obviously, you know, we are quite thin bare in that, in that area. No um, minerals. We are really quite thin bare in that area. But we need to be able to get just more from him, like on a basic level. I want to be getting, like you always you say, you turn up, you start on a five or a six. I need to see sevens, seven and a halves. I need to see some sort of goal return, some sort of stat, some sort of assist making, chance creation that will, make me feel, that will make me feel that he's really putting in, in a shift for us. And up till now, we've not seen it. So I suppose we'll leave that to him to really kind of make a decision for for the fans and, and, and for Conte. And, you know, with game coming thick and fast, he's going to have to use these players, you know? Yep. I Ajax need to be on the phone call to Levy now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, on a more positive note, um, as the Christmas period comes up, we had a midweek game yesterday. Super icy conditions. I know uh, quite a few members of the uh, New Spurs order. Shout out to Kevin Yash, um, Tobes, Big D. He went to the lane yesterday to watch the game, uh, which we all saw was a 
what looked like a quite comfortable 2-0 victory. Um, lots of positives, lots of areas for improvement. Um, the team that we started with was Lloris in goal in a 3-4-3, uh, looked like, yep. um, formation uh, with a back three of Sanchez, Dyer and Davies. Correct. Uh, left wing back was Regulon, right wing back was Emerson, double pivot of uh, Skip and Hoybier. Um, on the right of the three was Lucas, on the left, Son, and then up front was um, a certain Harry Kane. What did you make of the game? What did you make of how we set up? What did you make of um, the first half? And maybe I'll talk about the second half. Um, tell me tell me your thoughts. So, um, I think the setup part, I, I expected it to be that. Um, I think the only shock for me was um, Sanchez getting another uh, run in the team after the stinky he had. Um, takes real minerals as a manager to keep the man in after what he did, you know, like that, some foul stuff, but he kept him in. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really shocked with that. Everyone else, I think, I think, yeah, I was like, yeah, even if, whether I liked them or not, I was like, it makes sense. That's probably going to be our team moving forward for the rest of the season. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, the three four three formation, I've got a feeling that might actually just be the formation. Um, when Conte first came in, I thought it would be more of a three-five-two, but I'm I'm starting to realize it's more three-four-three, with the three forwards kind of being able to intertwine up top. So in the first half, I felt honestly I can't believe I'm saying this, but I felt very comfortable. Wow. You know, um, wow. I felt very comfortable watching the game. There was only. My two biggest worries were Sanchez and Hoybjerg. I was like, the, the two of them stunk. Um, they still stink. They, these men don't use deodorant. They, it's just foul attitude. These men clearly use salmon to bathe because it, it it's horrible. Hoybjerg tried to make a few passes. Found man in yellow. I've got the game on in the back. I've watched it. I've watched the first half again, and he's making me even more mad. So. Nah, Hoibjerg was poor in that first half. Sanchez was covered well by um, Diabolical and um, Davis. So I, I must admit the back line as a unit, you know, they reacted quite comfortably to any threats that did come along and they handled, um, what's my man's name? Ivan Tony. Yeah. They, they handled him. Well, I thought, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to mess him about, but, you know, they clearly dealt with him. I think the the positive for me, and it's a good positive because I've got stocked in this kid, um, was Skip. Put himself about well, kind of stamped his position in, in the team. I'm still worried because he's like our only DM. Mm -hmm. um, and that can't run, but he done well. Uh, I was really, I was really impressed with the fact that even when we were in a bit of danger, we stuck to this whole we're going to play out from the back. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and we only really went long to relieve pressure if it became a bit too much. You know, go long, yeah. reset and, and go again. Um, but one of the players that's, uh, you know, he's done well the last two games. Um, I'm not including anything that happened in 
Slovenia because that game has been eradicated from my history books. Um, but the last two games, this guy in particular has done really well, and that's uh, regular Don. You know, he doesn't get his name back till, till we see silverware, you know, just like the Mook. So, I mean, but he he was really getting up and down. Um, I've, I said in the group that I think Emerson's starting to grow. You know, it's, it's going to take a while. You yeah. know, he's, he's just coming to the team. I don't expect him to hit the ground running. He is absolutely awful at crossing the ball. But, <laughs> but hopefully that gets better over time. But for the first half, like I said, I, I felt comfortable watching Spurs for the first time this season. I could actually say that. Yeah, it was it was a positive game, you know, like in many respects, I was I was quite surprised, uh, you know, with the conditions, the way Brentford have set up this season. Wasn't really sure what was going to happen. But, you know, come 90 minutes, two goals scored, none conceded. Um, interestingly, that was our biggest win in the Premier League this season, 2-0, uh, yeah. in a match that we created the most amount of chances, in a match that we had the highest XG that we've had all season, and in the match in which we had the lowest XG against. <laughs> so whilst the opposition was poor, you know, these were numbers that we could really, you know, put our hats on and say, okay, things are starting to look a bit better. Yep. Um, I do feel like the players are slowly getting used to what Conte wants, and we could see that even from some of the patterns of play, yep. this persistence to play from the back, um, this persistence to trust the players playing from the back, um, for their for if the you know the positions to play from the back weren't really open to then open up passing lanes in towards Kane and yep. sometimes Son, sometimes Lucas, which I thought was good. Um, the one thing that did kind of frustrate me a little bit was the lopsidedness of the use of, of the wingers, of, okay. of, of the wingbacks today. I, okay. kind of, I kind of felt like whilst regular Don was getting up and down and he was quite, you know, quite active in the attacking yeah. third, I felt like on the opposite side, um, it was a little bit um, stuttery from Emerson. And whilst we've seen a bit of a resurgence from Emerson, I still feel that there's just a little bit missing from him. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I think Sai mentioned in the group a lot, you know, he does seem to put himself in lots of awkward situations, situations yeah. that he has to get himself out of. Um, and shout out to the Extra Inch pod. There was something that I saw today that they put up, um, which I thought was also quite interesting. So obviously, as we are, you know, playing on the Conte, one of the big things that we want is our defenders to be playing from the back. Yes. So we want progressive passing, be it to the fullbacks, be it to the, the central midfielders, or be it into the passing lanes to the to the to the forwards. And obviously, the way that we've set up, you know, we've got balance where we have Dyer in the middle, we've got Sanchez on the right, right footed, and we've got yeah. Davies, Davies on the left, left, left footed. But where we had this lopsidedness, there were lots of moments that you could see that the inability for Sanchez to, to be comfortable on the ball is kind of what kind of stifled a lot of the play that Emerson was able to have. This guy's um, useless. It was, it was amazing because a lot of different times 
in this specific piece that the that's the, that the extra inch guys had put up, they had actually noted that there were lots of moments when Davies got the ball and he quickly shuffled it through to Regulon, and that yep. then allowed Son to maybe get an in behind. Yeah. Or there was maybe open sort sort of open angles that were given by the midfielders. Similarly, when Dyer also did that, very similar sort of situations. Balls up through the middle, opening spaces where you know the defenders were being pulled in. But there were a number of different occasions when Sanchez on the ball doesn't feel comfortable, can't get it out of his feet, or he kind of can't open up to then find Emerson, who had quite a lot of space and wasn't able then to feed people like Lucas or Kane in, on the channel. So it does kind of drive home how much Conte needs not only progressive defenders in yep. that back three, but he needs players who are very comfortable on the ball. ball you know? I, think, I think one of the most frightening things about what you just said is, I do understand, and I can say this for most people, that the obviously people want to see both wing-backs bombing up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, shuttle runs up and down, up and down. It's not going to work. And the reason why it's not going to work, it, even if we had two very good wing-backs, by the way, yeah, the reason why it wouldn't work is because our, our back three are easily, without a shadow of a doubt, the most untrustworthy back three you're going to get right now. Absolutely. I mean, Dyer's probably having the longest stint in a Spurs shirt as a starter he's ever had since his DM days. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Sanchez to the right of him and very valid point. If a man's not comfortable with the ball on his feet, having him in the back line is like suicide because if if the ball goes to his feet and he stumbles all over it and he gets nipped, the attack is in. Yeah. And that's a big worry. Granted, Davis doesn't have that problem as much, but he's not good. And that's so, so you've got a guy who's relatively not good, doesn't have many strengths on your left side. You've got a guy who's diabolical and has got a bag of moments in his pocket down the middle. And then you've got a guy who's not comfortable on his feet. He doesn't have a nationality on the right hand side. Like it's it's a recipe for madness to happen. So I kind of understand why Regulon being the more athletic of the two wingbacks is probably allowed to bomb up and down. And Emerson has probably been told, you can go, but remember your defensive responsibilities. Absolutely. absolutely. So therefore we get that lopsidedness because essentially Emerson's kind of like, look, I want to go, but if I go and this guy is left alone, our house is going to get robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, and that's something that we definitely have to be able to got to try and fix. Like I think as well, you know, as a team, we look a bit more disciplined, which I think is good. It this definitely good, looks, yeah. looks. It definitely looks like we have a better structure um, with and without the ball. I feel like without the ball, we definitely sit in more in like a three-five-two, and yeah. then when we have the ball, we're a bit more expansive with the two wing backs. Um, I still do feel like we're still having a bit of a disconnect between our midfielders and our centre-backs. Excuse me, our midfielders and our forwards. Yes. Because I feel like we're not really getting that much change out of Hoiberg and Skip. And whilst we have Skip, who's a ball winner, you know, the onus then would be really on Hoiberg to kind of take the onus to try and get the ball, progress it, 
even tried to find angles. And I felt like there were lots of moments yesterday when, unfortunately, he didn't do that. He didn't do that, you know. Um, and it kind of then was left on Kane to drop a bit deeper and then to find the open spaces. With his Hollywood, with his Hollywood passes. <laughs> for Emerson and for uh, Regulon, you know. That was a great assists. pass, by the way. You know, and these these are these are qualities that Kane has. These are qualities that Kane has. We know that he's he's in a bit of a rut at the moment, but I mean we need to try a rut. and <laughs> well, I mean one in thirteen is 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 way more than a rut, but we definitely need we definitely need to try and get as much as we can out of these guys because no, have you noticed how none of the pundits are really getting onto like about it. I'm just saying, when when you're when you're when you're the darling buds of me, nobody want to say nothing. One in thirteen. When when Look. Lukaku went on this run, I swear he's even still going on this run. Where I think he hasn't scored in like one. In, like, when Lukaku was on this run, man were making sure the world knew he hasn't scored in like ten games. <laughs> like <laughs> like let's be honest. Us like I said, I've got the game in the background. Kane was put through. We've seen him bag those chances time and time again. Yeah. But, I mean, like, do you know what I find right now? Do you know what I find right now? We're off, we're off front line. And this is just being me, me being honest. Like, I also feel that there's a lack of fluidity. And when I say that, I mean that, like, the front three, they all have their own little issues, you know? There is, they're not in tandem, you know? So you have Kane, who's our main guy. Yep. But he's not finding the goals and he's having to drop deeper and deeper to try and get on the ball and create for the team. And when he can find that passing lane, he's having to play with his goal, with his with his back to goal, which he's Correct. not properly comfortable with, but he can. He's not good at, at least we know he it. Can. Yeah, he can. All right. Yeah. So you have that. Then you have someone like Son, who, you know, admittedly got his goal yesterday. But then Son also has his own issues. He's very patchy. He's not someone who actually likes to play in certain types of roles because, yeah. you know, as a winger, I wouldn't say particularly, he's, he's not great at, first of all, he's not great at receiving the ball with his back to goal. He's not great at creating angles for others. And he only really likes two kind of balls. The balls, which is rightly direct to feet or the ball, yeah. which is over the top. Yeah. And then you have a third player in Lucas who really doesn't really play as a winger. The guy is, you know, as inside as anything, you know, plays super narrow, Constantly wants take-ons, constantly giving the ball away. And you find that the three of them are almost trying to play themselves into any kind of form, you know? Yeah. So the goals that we're scoring are not really, like, amazingly fashion goals, but from minutes of brilliance here and there. And I feel yes. like maybe as we get a bit more confident and maybe as we improve the quality of player as well, that will maybe kind of fix itself. Because In, in fairness... To what you're saying, yeah, and I totally agree. The two goals that were scored yesterday, yeah, were more from fashioned play than anything we've seen this season. Oh, absolutely, definitely, definitely, you know? like definitely not. They weren't like set patterns. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. You know? They were, they were more. I mean, like the second goal. The second goal to me, we could have had three or four of those. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was, absolutely. there was three. Three chances prior to the goal going in, where a man had turned in the middle of the pitch, yeah, looked up, had an option to his right, had an option to his left, left slotted yeah. man through to his left, 
and something could have happened out of it, but nothing happened. And then obviously the final ball. This and is I'm, it, isn't I, it? I have to I have to say this because Kane made Mook nearly lost myself. He made a great pass in the first half. Yeah. And Emerson absolutely ruined it. Well, like, this is this is something that I was definitely gonna I was gonna speak on once you finish, yeah. Ruined it. <laughs> he put that in the bin. Yeah. But in the second half, he made another pass, yeah, which led to the second goal. And I saw people saying, Oh, it's a great pass. Yeah. Big man, it's a very easy pass. It, it is was. a pass into space. Yeah, the, Absolutely. the tougher pass, pass was the one he did to Emerson. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. tough pass. I'll clap my hand and say that was a great pass. But stop all of this. And this is what annoys me about Spurs. Yeah, a pass like that, some fans would be like, "That's a great pass." That's like we ain't got players that can do that in our club. Well, if we haven't got players that can do that, yeah, then they have to go. They can't be playing at a professional level if you can't make a simple pass. Well, this is it, isn't it? This is like one of the things that I think I'm also a little bit worried about is that when we get to the final third, because so much onus is played on the fullbacks. The final third execution is just—it's just poor, you know. If, if we're being honest, yeah, like yeah, it's it's whack. I mean, fine. Re- Reglon got his assist, which was a tap in, effectively. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, he had to lay it in the right area. I've seen many men in the right area, but then you know there were a number of moments that we created moments like that where we needed the final ball to be spot on. Yeah, and because as I said, there will be an onus on these kind of play- on these players to get in these areas, and when they're in these areas, make sure that they find the right players then hopefully we'll start to see a bit more. But obviously, like, as a whole, if we're looking at the game, the game was a positive one. You know, we we created lots of opportunities, which I think was a positive one. True. Um, I think we, what, 11 shots on target, 11 shots in total, six on target. And strangely, in a match where we actually marginally had less possession than Brentford. But, oh, in, the, but in the scheme of things, you know, Brentford didn't really trouble us too much. You have know? all the possession you want. I, I've never been a man... I don't really care about all of that stuff. Possession football is great yeah. when you want like when you want to like absolutely dunk on a team. But yeah. nine times out of ten, I'm like, big man, if I beat you 3-0 and you've got 54% of the ball, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I mean, there's lots of different things that we can, you know, we can kind of allude to. Um, one thing that we did speak about as well was um, Skip's performance, which I thought was a positive one. Um, this is a you know a good young pro from our academy who has really been thrown into the Lions' den mm-hmm. in the first team. Um, and whilst we're not whilst we're not expecting a lot from him, you know I think he's done okay. Yeah, um, I feel like one of the the positive things I feel we have with Conte is an honest manager. And I feel like what he said about him was uh, very, very honest, but also very like positive, um, which was something along the lines of, you know, this is a very good young player. Um, he has lots of space for improvement. He played with good passion, intensity, good heart, good soul. And for me, if this is what a 21-year-old is doing, then he deserves to play. Today, he played well. I think that he can improve a lot in possession and technically mm-hmm. to look before the play before the play comes to him. Yeah, We're talking about an important prospect and I'm very happy for him. Um, I'm sure for now, he has to improve with the ball and in possession, we can coach him. 
this player without the ball works very hard. And to have him in the midfield with Hoybeg is very important. But we have to make sure that we have to improve him with the ball and I will be able to coach him with this. So I think this is kind of a positive thing. Um, and it seems to me that he probably will be looking to have this kind of a player in the team as like a stalwart. Um, I definitely do believe that whilst he is a good player to have, we definitely need upgrades. Oh, yeah. we, definitely need, we definitely need upgrades. Hoybier. Sell him. The jury's, the jury's out. But, I mean, I feel like he is so up and down with the way that he's performing. Sell him. I don't feel like he's been the best he can be. Um, I feel like we need a bit more of a cleverer player. Um, someone who's a bit... Um, I wouldn't say... Someone who doesn't hide as much. That's what that's what I would kind of... He know, is, is the Danish Boris Johnson. <laughs> uh, which, which, so which that, is... So that guy, bro. I mean, yeah, that's that's for another day that topic. But in all in all, <laughs> all in all, it was it was a good performance. I mean, one thing I also liked as well before we you know touch on the uh, the upcoming game, I liked yeah. how he switched it up at the end. Um, we looked oh, yeah. like we went to a three-five-two, which was good. Brought, brought on Tanganga, brought on Bergerin, and who was the other person he brought on? I can't remember now. Um, one second, I'll be able to tell you now. He. It was uh, lineups. It was he brought on Tanganga, Bergerin, and Harry Winks. Yeah, so he went to a, a three-five-two, and even then, that seemed to kind of that was in like the seventy-eighth minute, I think. Yeah, yeah. He even seemed to lock, lock things up, and that really closed all doors or avenues back in the game for um, Brentford. So that was a positive. It's positive. Three, three points on the board. Positive um, professional win. Professional win, and you know, as he said as well, it was a win to hold on to till twelve. And then from 12.01, um, we'll start thinking about the upcoming Norwich game, uh, which we have on Sunday. So um, Spurs in sixth place. We're playing uh, Norwich, who are down in uh, 19th. What's your take on uh, this upcoming Sunday afternoon game? Honestly, if there's one team I hate Spurs facing historically, outside of Newcastle, it's actually Norwich. Um, I don't know what it is, but every time I've seen Spurs face Norwich, it, it's just always, we always make it tough. I, I yeah. just don't, I just do not understand. We mm-hmm. make it so difficult for ourselves. So I'm hoping it will be a professional victory. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it will be a professional performance, similar to what we saw uh, yesterday yeah. uh, with the Brentford game. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit fearful of that Pookie. I shouldn't be because he's not, a prolific striker, but we're Spurs and we're notorious for allowing man to score. Um, I I just want to see a professional job done on Norwich. Yeah. I, I want to see a simple victory. No, I don't want any frills, anything special. Just a simple victory. Get the job done. That is it. That is it. That's absolutely it. You know, if, if, if we're thinking about the last Premier League games, we've played them at home. That dates back to, um, well, last one was in 2020, one before that, 2015. Um, we're actually on a winning run at, at the moment, but obviously the most notable one, which was in the FA Cup under Jose, was the one where it was a 1-1 in the game and then we ended up losing that on penalties. 
Um, it's going to be an interesting one because they're probably um, getting themselves up with this new manager bounce. Yep. Um, I think they were unbeaten as well in the month yeah, of so. uh, November, which, which from what I remember, they had some decent results. Um, drew to Newcastle away. Uh, drew at home to Wolves. Uh, they beat Nor they beat Southampton at home, and then before that, uh, they actually beat Brentford away from home as well. It's pretty so this is a kind of a game that you know, on the basis of things, I would arguably say that they're a they're a worse team, I'd say, than Brentford. Um, Fair in terms of in terms of the way they they probably play and also where they are in the league. Yeah, um, they're not big goal scorers, which is I think is something. That kind of um, would be a good thing for us. I feel this is a game that really Tottenham have to stamp their authority on the game from the off. Um, with our negative goal difference of minus six, this could be an opportunity to really hammer home, um, chip away at that goal difference. You know, uh, with us being sixth um, with a goal difference of minus six is not not particularly not particularly positive. Minus but, six, this is bad. But it's something that we can obviously work on. Um, I mean, if we're thinking about their danger men, um, I'm only really thinking about uh, Pookie and Cantwell. Oh, yeah, probably. I don't think I, I, I don't I don't um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't think Cantwell's actually fit at the moment. He's actually been injured for quite a bit. I mean, um, that's I, good if I he's injured. And I saw today as well, like um, Norman, who's been playing quite well for them, he um, is out of the game. Um, someone who's had, who's been playing quite well for them is Billy Gilmore, but he's only been playing the last few games um, I mean, since since the new managers come in. I mean, Gilmore, Chelsea prospect, you know. Yeah. People people have taught the kid up, and he's had some good performances. But essentially, we should be absolutely tucking Norwich in. Like, absolutely, just absolutely. on the face of it, but again, Spurs were notorious for making things difficult for ourselves. Like I said, I just want a professional victory, but it's a quick turnaround. You know, we're talking, we're talking a European S type turnaround. It is, um, it is, it is. But in the league, and you know, we, I mean, we were absolutely crap against Mora. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, we were. So, you know. Granted, yeah, we came, we bounced back, and we, you know, gave gave Brentford um, some 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 tasty dessert. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this one. You know, like these, this is what annoys me about Spurs. The games that I generally fear are the ones are like the the banana skin type ones. So your yeah. your Norwiches, your Burnleys, Brentfords, Leeds, even those kind of games. I'm like, right, we got we got all those games back to back to back. It's just stress. Yeah, man, it, it, it is stress, but then it's also going to put a, you know, it's going to put a strain on the team resources. You know, whether they can get themselves recovered today, prepared on Saturday, and then the game on Sunday. You know, and that might even mean playing or starting with the same eleven or making one or two tweaks here, here or there. I don't um, think he's going to make any tweaks. I can't imagine he will. I think. I think he goes with the same lineup. Someone just wrote in in the comments there. Skip v Gilmore. I mean, that would be that would be quite a good little. Uh, well, Skip has little, to dominate him. If he doesn't, good little, he's he's at the top of the stairs. Yeah, and he's probably got he's probably got himself to 
to prove as well um, at Norwich, having had a, such a good season there last season in the Championship. Yeah. Um, and then wanting to keep him. And what would be what would be Chelsea's new, you know, star boy uh, performing at an adequate level? But as we do go on with the season, you know, how do you think we'll get on? Because now that I've looked at the uh, the fixture list, I mean, we really are, we really are, you know, packing up in terms of games that are upcoming. Um, so following this weekend against Norwich, we have quite a big game against um, Rennes on Thursday. Following that, we've then got a Sunday performance uh, against Brighton away down down on the coast. Come back to London for Wednesday midweek game against West Ham. Mm-hmm. And then following West Ham, uh, we have Leicester. And then again, following Leicester, we have Liverpool. So the games are really, really sort of adding up. And there's going to be a lot of strain, not only on the first team, but on the squad. Um, at the moment, Conte's press has said today, the only players that will be missing um, for the weekend, at least anyway, would be um, the Celso and Romero. So I is don't anyone... know who that first play was that you... <laughs> So is there anyone in, in the squad that you think will maybe be given... Um, Maybe a, a bit more of a chance. You know what? Thinking about the game on Sunday, I think I'm. When I was looking at it, I feel he might maybe swap. The only thing he might swap, I think, would be maybe Tanganga for Sanchez. Sanchez, if he feels that maybe one or the other is better or not at maybe playing out from the back. Um, but that, I mean, at this point, Tanganga's I can't really see. Out. You know, who are we really going to change the team up because? Um, he gave minutes to Winks, gave minutes to Birdwein, didn't give any minutes to Ali, didn't give any minutes to Rodon, didn't give given any minutes to Ndombele. You know, are you reading into any of that? Um and Ndombele, to be honest with you, I'm not reading into anything with that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm at the point where I'm happy to sell him because I'm I just don't care no more. I honestly don't care for all the talent that he has. I honestly don't care. Um, uh, for Ali, has he put well? I mean, Wizkid was in town last week, he could have gone on stage and apologized to his father. Did he do that? I, 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 wasn't, at, I wasn't at none of the concerts, I didn't have that certain man. But if, if somebody in the comments can tell me whether Ali uh, attended and apologized to his father on the world stage, um, then. That guy can bounce, bro. Like I told you, the judge is real over there. Um, the variant, that guy has to go. <laughs> like the, that guy has to disappear. Yeah. So now I'm not reading it. The players that did not get minutes, I'm not reading mm-hmm. it because okay, okay. Truth be told, I think they all know what Conte is about. Yeah. And yeah, they do. Yeah. So Conte's, I think Conte has made it clear. If you're with me. You're with me. If you're absolutely. not, absolutely, you're not, and that's it. It's done. Yeah, and so I don't think any of the players have actually gone out and said to him they're not with him. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, no one's come like, out and said anything concrete yeah. or or even alluded to it. You know. So I feel like he's playing the team that he feels you know gives the best in training or does what he requires in training, 
And then the players that he needs to work on, he's still working on. Um, but one of those players is definitely not Delhi. Yeah, well, like, you know, after after last week, finished. You know, after last week, we did speak about it. You know how disappointing, not only disappointing the performance was, but he's probably looking at it from his point and thinking, "There's players that I probably won't trust." You know, to play, and, and we, we can't, can't get win. nothing for when when is when is his contract finished? Uh, he's got two more years, I think. He's got two more years. What have uh, we let, done me, this? Let, me, let me let me just confirm. What have we d- Listen, yeah. Levy needs to be on a phone call to to Leeds, Norwich, freaking Brentford. I don't care. All these clubs, call them up and yeah, say, hey. 20, yeah, twenty twenty four. So nah, two, nah. two and a half years left on this contract. Sell this Ute immediately. Yeah, Sell there's it. a num- there's a number of them though. There's a number of them that we can definitely get rid of. I mean, when I think about all the players that we have, you know, the only ones, the only one that I can really possibly salvage in there would be would be in Dom. I feel like in terms of the way Conte wants to play, he's the only easily press resistant, competent midfielder. But again, I you know I don't I just I can't read too much into this um in terms of why he isn't playing or why he didn't get any minutes. I mean, but then if we're looking at the other side, um his value has dropped significantly. This is a player on high wages and he's got a long time left on his contract still. So this is something that even at, even at the very earliest, Levy would be even considering. So if not, why not try to get the best out of him? Whereas there are players in the team, what well, in my mind, there are players in the team that I feel need to be sold immediately and there are players that need to be sold soonish just because of what value we can get, get on them. So the players that I feel that we can sell immediately are the players who don't hold any real value. So the players who I think Doherty, I think we can, this is a player that we can sell at this point. Um, I feel like Sanchez is a player that I don't think will cut it. Um, And the reason I also think that it would be a good moment to sell him because while we would lose, we could still sell him for a decent amount and the guy has two years on his contract. Um, I feel like he likes Winks. So this is a player that maybe he's going to maybe use as a squad player, even though we know that he probably isn't at the level. But this is someone who clearly has been doing a job and Conte has played him. And then you have someone like Ali, who, you know, is probably on high wages, but still a young player. Um, But, you know, even at a loss, who's going to pay 100, 100 or grand for someone who has scored two or three goals in the last two years, you know, like it really does leave us in a funny position. I, you know, we don't know his position on Rodon. We don't know the position of Tanganga, you know, whether these players are kind of fancied, but then we do know the ones like Dyer and, and Hoybier and Davies, he's trusting them and giving them an opportunity, you know, and even I've... like Sess and Bird yeah. as well. He wants to try and give them an opportunity. I can't believe I'm going to say this about Diabolical, yeah, but I feel yeah. like because he spent time through the... Um, oh, it's gone out of my head. Lisbon. Sporting yeah, Lisbon, Lisbon um, yeah, yeah. Academy. A lot of his game is based on playing from the back. That's, you know, a lot, a lot of defenders from the European teams are taught yeah. to play from the back. That doesn't mean he's good. I'm not saying he's good, but Conte is going to appreciate that over the likes of 
say a Tanganga, who I'm not having a shot at right now, but yeah, he's probably been taught the more English way of playing, which yeah. is you know, not necessarily play out from the back, more than likely get it down the wings or out wide, you know, Absolutely. which is the yeah. English way of playing from the back. Um, yeah. and Conte is not going to really appreciate that, so you know, whether people like it or not, it's, it's more than likely going to be. Dyer definitely getting more chances than, say, a Tanganga. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think players like, listen, I say it in the group, and honestly, I do, in fairness, I do feel bad for the kid. But suspect is dry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've got no stocks in this kid no more. He, he just has to go. Like, my problem with, with like, Ryan's suspect song. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that in the time that we bought you, what we bought him for 30 million. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. sent man, we've sent man on loan. Yeah. He's had I, I I'll be fair and say that he's had a decent loan spell at Hoffenheim. Yeah, decent yeah. loan spell. Played uh, like 20 odd games, left wing, left wing back. Yeah, 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 he's done all right. Yeah. He's had a decent time at Hoffenheim. Come back. And has absolutely done nothing but get injured and get sent off. Yeah, he, I'm unfortunately, done. Unfortunately, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't covered himself in glory. This is someone who hasn't played even ten games. Can you believe that? Hasn't played ten full games for Spurs. Um, I, I can't believe only, that. No, I think, no, I think he's I, only started like four or something like this. He's only no. I can believe that. Honestly, when, he, when I see him on the ball, yeah, I generally feel like why has everything slowed down? Yeah, I mean, he can't find his feet. How? I feel like there are, there's a player there, but again, this is someone who's massively, massively lost on confidence. Right now, is trying to get back to where he was, wherever, wherever, wherever that is. Um, I don't feel like we are going to look to offload him purely because of his age and the potential resale. Um, but other players, again, um, like Jack Clark, that's someone who's earning. Sell that you decent money and and playing or enjoying life in the twenty threes or on loan wherever it is. That's another one that we could get rid of. But again, to not like go away from the original topic, it's only because as we move towards January, you know, one of the big things that Conte said is that we have to make sure we get ourselves in the right position domestically. And when he said domestically, he means to finish in the top four. So yeah. as much work needs to be done with the squad to get ourselves in a position where we can be in the Champions League places. And if that means potentially tanking a tournament next Thursday, that could be something that, that might have to be done, whether we like the thought of it or not. Because you know, if we keep it at a buck, this is a tournament that we have really belittled. Our performances and our selections have really dictated where we are in this in this tournament at this point. And either way, you know, I'm looking at it as a Tottenham fan. I'm not being someone who's, how can I put it, a snob to silverware. But either way, Tottenham get bantered, you know. We win the tournament, it's a rubbish tournament. You don't win the tournament, you go out early, you're rubbish. The way I look at it, if that means that we reduce our outlay, and West Ham increased theirs, Leicester increased theirs, Arsenal continue being pants, 
that could work towards our benefit, you know, that could work towards our benefit. But the way I see it is that that will be the bread and butter as we as we move into the second third of the season, you know. And there's lots of players that we need to really now think if we are either going to keep them or going to get rid of them. Because as January comes, I I can put my my house on it that he's going to want players to improve the squad to get us over the line. He's absolutely going to want players to get us over the line. And players that are going to have to really come in and hit the ground running. Because, you know, as we hit this December period, this will generally make or break how a season goes. But as we move towards the latter part of the season, the business end, you're really going to need your players to stand up. And if Definitely. those players aren't adequately prepared or they're not adequately ready for the fight, it could get long as we move into Conte's sort of um, nine-month, year sort of period. You yeah, know? I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying because I've just seen a comment from Gogeta mm-hmm. saying that Spurs fans accept mediocrity by saying keep See, the lights uh, on and like, I, I disagree with that, especially see, yeah. Like I, I mean, I mean, I mean, shout out Gogeta. You know, you're always here with us um, on the Spurs pods. I understand the sentiment, but yep. with regards to Dyer, you see, we have to also understand that we have nothing else. This is where we are, you know. This is where we are, and whilst this is where we are, we don't really want to accept mediocrity. But in the meantime, if it means getting ourselves over the line till say a January or say the summer, and then maybe rethinking things. Absolutely. Like, when I look at Dyer this season, I mean, it's crazy to say it, but he's arguably been our most best, he's been our most impressive player this season. You know, with Dyer, you're looking at a player that whilst he has his negatives, he does have his upsides. He does have his upsides. He's been one of the more positive players. He's defended a bit more resolutely than some of the other, the others have with a bit more consistency than, than the others have. And with regards to implementing that progressive passing from the back, he seems to have been the one that's taken to it the best. Well, he, and, he did train the European way, so... You know, and, and, and whilst we don't have Romero fit right now, whilst we can't really put, put our hats on Sanchez, Tanganga and Davies, you know, this is, unfortunately, this is the point in, we're, in which we're at. This is, this is a player... Um, that whilst isn't amazing, playing in a back three definitely masks his weaknesses. Yeah, and if, it it means getting, if, if it means getting the best out of him, absolutely. But then, you know, I'm I'm almost certain as well that Paratici is cooking. You know, um, if we're going on to this, you know, the next topic, we're definitely looking at a number of different players, um, players that can upgrade the team, um, that can up, upgrade the current squad level. Um, because obviously at this point, you know, Conte probably wants some players to do a bit more better or he wants players that will be completely an upgrade on what we have now, you know. Are there any players that that you've seen that, that you've seen that we've been linked with or players that you think, well, excuse me first, let's go into the positions you think are absolute imperative to upgrade in the January window? Because as, oh. as, you, as you know, the January window is a funny window. Yeah. You either go big. Or you don't. Or you don't, you know. Um. Okay. Oh man. I think in January, at the very least, 
we need to go for two positions. Mm-hmm. And I think before coming, before last week, I was saying two centre-backs, but I'm like, that's yeah. borderline impossible to, to do that, especially in such a small window. So I reckon it should be one centre-back. Um, I originally, I originally was going to say one left-sided centre-back so that Davis is the second option mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to the first. I think I'm going to stick with that. I was thinking about changing it, but I think I'm going to stick with that. So a left-sided centre-back would be imperative and and a creative centre midfielder so that Hoiberg does not start another game in his life in a special yeah absolutely that absolutely, absolutely. because as much as i don't want to say oh i, I don't really want to be going the rest of the season with the majority of our lineup to be honest with you but if we finish in a fantastic position in the league miracles would need to happen of course yeah. but if we do finish in a very good position in the league then I believe in the summer we could go massive. We could go absolutely ham. But that all mm-hmm. depends on where we finish in the league. You know, everybody knows if you finish top four and you get Champions League, players will be like, all right, cool. Spurs are back in the Champions League. Cool. Yeah. Let me hear what you're saying. If we finish fifth, some players might be like, yeah, you just didn't make it, but you're in the Europa League. Mm, you know, we might not be able to t- make them turn their heads unless we're spending big money, but you know, but if we finish any lower than that, we're talking six, seven, eight. Forget it. Absolutely, it. Forget it. it's not even worth talking. So it's not yeah, even worth talking about. Not even worth in January, about. it would have to be a left-sided centre back. Ideally, a left-footed, left-sided centre back, which are rare, as we know, yeah. um, and a creative centre midfielder. Okay. Yeah, I'd say like I mean, in an ideal world. When I'm taking into account the injuries, I would like I would like two centre backs and a central midfielder, because I mean, if we're being honest, as we move into the new year, the January and February, potentially with with Romero out, you're really in a sticky position because you're either going to stick with what you have, yeah, but based on what we have, we can see that you know this is going to be a bit difficult for us. Yeah. And with regards to the midfielders, whilst you have surplus of midfielders, I mean, we just need smarter, better midfielders, you know? So if we're, thinking about, if, if we're thinking about the centre-backs, I mean, there's a number of names that have been kind of bandied around. Um, one that's come up in the last day or so is uh, Brazilian by the name of Gleason Bremer. He's a... I've never seen him play. I've never seen him play either. Um, I have heard of him. A number of people, a number of different people have mentioned him, but I've never seen him play. Yeah. Um what, what he... have they mentioned about him? Because this is the, like I've seen the I've seen the links, but I'm like, I have nothing on this guy. Like I, I need to start watching Torino games now. Yeah, so he obviously plays uh in Torino in Italy. Um, usually plays as the left-sided. He's a right-footed centre back, uh, but usually plays as the the left of 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 the two. Okay. 
Um, six foot two, 24 years old. Um, just looking at some of his comps and obviously some of his stats on F-Breath, he does look like quite a promising young player, lots of potential, doesn't mind engaging, which is good, very good in the air, um, How good quick, agile, um, very much happy to get his 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 head on the ball, crosses. <laughs> um, having a look at his contract and his value, uh, he's got a year and a half in his contract left. Um, again, uh, they're rating him about 12 to 15 million. Mm. So this is someone, again, being South American, could possibly be persuaded by the South American contingent that is Lachelso, Lucas, Emerson, Sanchez, Romero. You know, the list goes on at Spurs. Um, 15 someone, to 15 mil, you said? Well, that's what he's currently being rated at. Yeah, that's okay. what he's currently being rated at, mm. 12 to 15. So imagine to get him out of that, you may be looking somewhere in the 20 sort of uh, region. I feel, um, I feel like it would be better to go with experience. I mean, it absolutely would be. But then, you know, some of the other names that have been kind of mentioned as well, um, a bit more out there, <laughs> a bit more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, some would call it unrealistic. But um, a name that's been bandied around is Matthias De Litt. Oh, who, impossible. Who is the, who is the, the promising young Dutchman? Uh, who hasn't really had the best of times uh, at Juventus in the last year or so. Um, Juventus currently 7th or 8th in Serie A. And um, it hasn't seemed to work out for him. Um, Wait, a well as... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're 7th or 8th? Yeah, they're, they're not doing very. They're not doing very well. So they're not they're doing well. well. They're under investigate. They're under Oro. Yeah, because the 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 legal system is is yeah. trying to. Big they're man. seventh. They're definitely seventh. They're definitely okay. seventh. So they're, yeah. So my 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 ears are now interested, intrigued, intrigued. Yeah, but then but then but then you see like there's a number of different factors with it that's like. I think they've slapped like a hundred and twenty something release clause on him. He's means on, nothing. They're about to get relegated. He's on something crazy like two hundred a week or something like this. So like but, then, but then it's interesting as well because that's a player that was signed by Paratici at Juventus. Um, he's not seemingly, you know, he's not really hit the ground running as a, as a centre back there. And Spurs are pressing with this mantra of signing young, good potential players. Young players with high level amount of potential. This could be someone who maybe you know could possibly have his have his, his excuse me could possibly have his head turned. But again, you know maybe the I, numbers don't look. The numbers don't look good. Cool, but we know that Italian clubs are not particularly rich. Um, yeah. We know that financially, a lot of them are in trouble, um, and are struggling for money. Juventus are under investigation. I'm not saying we're going to get him in January because I doubt that highly. Yeah? yeah, but if they do get relegated, half of that squad is gone. Yeah, they're like, not getting relegated. It's happened before. It's happened before. Uh, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm, yeah. I mean, if the investigation, if yeah, the if the invest, yeah, if the investigation fine, goes fine, through okay. and they get sent to Serie B, half yeah. of that squad's gone. Yeah? yeah, the wages. I know people are like, oh, Spurs don't pay. And Dombele, 
has barely started games this season. He's on 200k a week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. all of this stuff that Spurs don't pay wages, get that out of your head. It's whether we pay the transfer fee. That's a different story. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, we're not willing to pay the transfer fee. And that's where the problem is. Delit is a good defender. Young. Yeah, his time in Italy hasn't gone well, but that's because he went to a team in which they had stalwarts like Chiellini and Bonucci. You're not yeah. discussing them, man. Well, and they only really. play a two. They don't play a three at the back. They yeah. normally play just a two. So unless they're going to accommodate for you, you're not dislodging them, man. It's that simple. Um, but in, the interestingly, he played. He played in the three under um, Ten Hag when he was at uh, when he was at Ajax as well. Yeah. And that was a sick Ajax team, by the way. Yeah. One of my favorite Dutch teams, anyway. Very so good team. Yeah. I think, I think if we were to get him, this is mad hypothetical because yeah. Spurs in it. If we were mm-hmm. to get him, that'd be sick. He's good aerially, comfortable with the ball in his feet, good strength. Oh, be sick. Like I would happily take him. And I'm talking now. I'm throwing madness all up in it. I'm talking. I'd have the lit at the base because it's going to be a free uh, club. Yeah. Regardless. So long as Conte remains, it's going to be a free at the back. Yeah. Well. So it'd be the lit at the base. Romero on the right hand side. And a left-sided foot, a left-footed, left-sided centre back, and that yeah. would be ideal. That'd be fantastic. I can run with that for the rest for the next five to ten years. I can run Absol- with that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I could definitely. Obviously, run with it's that. not going to happen, but I'm just giving scenarios out there. But yeah. in saying that, we did get Romero. I mean, we did. That was the best. That was arguably the, that he was the best defender in the CRI last season, so, and he's extremely highly rated. You know, I mean, whilst Romero was obviously out with his injury. I We've mean, seen enough. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things being spoken about him in the chat. I mean, this is a very, very good young player with, yeah. like, honestly, bounds of potential. Like, he really, literally just needs to be reined in just a little bit. That's it. But with regards to his ability to defend, he is a good young defender. Oh, yeah. And he's also getting himself used to the Premier League, used to the English League, the style of play that we have here. So whilst, you know, there will be some games, you probably look at him and think he looks like a bit of a rough diamond. There's definitely a player there. Definitely a player there, you know. And for us to have had somewhat of a free run at it, I mean, that that points to our ability to still be able to get good young players as well. So, you know, I'm kind of happy um, with with where that is. I kind of hope he gets back fit and well soon. Um, But we definitely need to think about what we're doing with the defence. Sometimes I'm always keen to like look at players closer to home. But again, uh, when I say closer to home, I mean in the Premier League. But sometimes I also feel like there's a premium on doing that. Yeah. And the only time you might ever get that to happen would be in January. But again, in terms of what's on the market, uh, there's not that much on the market. You know, in who, terms who was of... our last January signing? Lucas. It was Lucas. Or was it Burge? It was Burge. It was Burge. Ill. Yeah, no, yeah. Ill. Um another player who was also linked with us this week, um, even Perisic. I'll take him. You're taking him? Squad player, I'll take him. I mean Squad he's player. at the, he's at the latter end of his career, so he's not gonna be able to come in and be a starter, but I think he'd be a very good squad player, especially when we need rotation. So this is this is this is an interesting one. Where are you playing him? Right side. Right wing back. Uh, no, more right of the three. Right of the three, yeah? Yeah, because okay. yeah, so right. when, whenever we play a 3-4-3, three, three, I'd have him right side. 
Right side, yeah. So yeah, replacing yeah. Lucas. Yeah, because again, like this is someone who when initially went Conte was at Inter was actually very much like, I don't want to play for Conte, I don't want to play. Yep. Move me on. He then had lots of different discussions with Conte and decided to turn it around and became a, you know, a Serie A champion last season. And this season he's been ex well, not excellent, but he's been he's good. Got a, he's got when I've team. watched him, he's yeah, always he's kind of performed at a very good level. Um, so that's someone potentially, if we had the potential to sign him, you know, I, I I would. But then again, with January, one of the big things I also think is very important is like, because the market isn't a good one, I feel like there's an opportunity to look at players who can go for free, you know? Who, who can and go for free right now? There's, a, there's, there's quite a large list of players that are being banded around for free. Uh, players along literally the lines of not for Spurs, but generally, I mean, this summer from January, they can go for free for players like Pogba, Kessie, Christensen, Rudiger, Mbappe, um, Insignia. Yeah, I'll take, you, uh, you know, Insignia, take him. And that was someone who I was going to ask you as well because I think looking take at him. his looking at his numbers, looking at the kind of player that he is, the role that he played, he plays for was it for Napoli? Napoli, yeah. Napoli him. and being a 30 year old, you know, that's another player that I would also kind of think, hmm, bring him in experience, definitely, definitely do a job, an experienced attacker, international, you know, and he's a goal scorer, you know. You know, you know what Spurs stopped doing that's yeah. hampered us recently, yeah, yeah. We stopped doing what we did about 10 years ago, even 15 years ago, where we, we were trying to establish ourselves more in the Premier League and we went into the market and got. Edgar Davids came through, yeah. yeah, gave us the experience, helped Carrick break into the squad. Carrick excelled. All right, cool. Five years later, we went and got Van der Vaart, and we know what Van der Vaart did for us. Fantastic, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. So I can't see the problems in us getting somebody like Insignia. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, you know, like I mean, the wages would the wages wages would probably be about it. But then after that, and he, you know, he ain't making bread of... like that in what the Euro. Oh well, he's he's not, but like he's someone not like making Kessie, bread like I mean, that, bro. Someone like Kessie was asking for something like seven or eight million or something like this before he seven could... or eight. Kessie, what's he yeah. building a hospital back home? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. No, he needs but to stop. Like... <laughs> he needs to but, stop. But, but definitely, Insignia, if it became available, I'll take it. Will, will be someone that I'd be happy to definitely take, take up, you know, as an option. Because again, that's someone that can play as an inside forward or even put him up front. You be, put him up front. You have it. Absolutely. You know? I'm still making my mind up. No, actually, I'm not. I'm not making my mind up on Kessie. No, I, 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 I've thought about it and I've watched a few games, and I'm still, it. I'm still of the opinion that although it's a free, I feel like if you're going to go for a player, then you might as well go big and get like a Bissouma. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste. The wages on a Kessie and he be a slight upgrade on Hoybier when you could get a top player like I know it's people might say, Oh, that's you know, you're in dreamland, but spend seven or eight million a year for a two year deal for Kessie or four year deal in the summer, 40 million for someone like Basuma. As, as Basuma bus case, because I'm not taking him. If well, this is it. At, at the moment, they're still kind of we're still waiting on that to all kind it's of still pending. Well, we can't pending. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, obviously, someone like um, Brozovic, who 
I've been looking oh, at. Uh, but it, never it, get looks, it looks like he's going to. Looks like he's going to re-sign um, at Inter, and he's a really, really good player. He's, I mean, he is consistent. Uh, I watched him um, the other day, uh, and he just was. He's con- that level of consistency doesn't exist in the game no more. He's premium you know, he's consistency. Just an enigma. Like his ability to get around the pitch, uh, gets on the ball, very good with the ball, and not only when he's with the ball, but does so much work at, at without possession as well. Um, he's a player who I am. Brozovic would be I'm, amazing. Who I'm a big fan of. Um, and even as he gets towards the latter part of his career as a tw- 28 or so, 28 yeah, 29. 29. Yeah, I mean, that's a player who I think um, really um, it would be excellent to be able to be able to get that, that kind of quality into the team. But this is it, you see. You know, lots of, lots of these different um, things have come out about Conte and Paratici being directly involved. So I, you know, I'm going to hope as we drag ourselves through to January, that by the time January the 1st hits, whatever Paratici, you know, who's gone kind of quiet, whatever he's cooking up, it is something of a uh, Michelin star, Michelin star menu, as opposed to a, uh, a uh, motorway wimpy meal, you know? (laughs) Um, disgusting. All right, if we're going through this, I I saw an article saying that um, Conte wants full control. He doesn't want snitching, dealing with <laughs> yeah. That that snitch, like, that snitch needs to bounce, bro. Seriously, bro. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. He, does. he needs Absolutely. to go. Absolutely. He has no footballing brain. And he's I mean, to be honest with you, these are all these are all these are all like mistakes of the previous tenure. You know, so I hope someone like this can. Slowly be etched out of the club. Yeah, yeah. As you, as you, as you bring us to a close, um, quick predictions for the Norwich game. Oh man, this is tough. Um, three one, three one, three one. Um, I'm going to go. Three nil. Ooh. I'm going to go three 0 I look at I look at Spurs. The mood will be confident, but not overconfident. Hopefully, I think Conte will rein them in. But because of the way that we defended against Brentford and didn't concede anything, I can't envisage that Norwich will cause us more problems than Embuemo and Tony. So, in my opinion, I'm I think three 0 will be a performance that we can definitely. It'll be a good performance. Look on. Um, if it's if it's three 0 I'd be happy with that. But yeah. Um, that brings us to an end of another episode, a Friday special of the uh, New Spurs Order with myself, Booker T, and uh, my fellow compatriot, uh, Scott Hall. You know what time it is. Um, we thank our fellow commenters, Gogeta, Jay Spurs, Man Like Ash, for always appearing, um, giving us that, uh, that good love on the pod. Every Thursday or Friday, we stream. Um, every Saturday, the pod goes live on all streaming platforms. So please like, share and subscribe. Um, a couple of the boys should be on the uh, Discord, which is an excellent platform to get on um, when the games are on at the weekend. If you want a bit of banter and also just to hear what the New Spurs boys have to say about the game, if they're not there. But yeah. Um, that brings us to an end. 
Um, hope you have a good week, Yao. Thank you for um, being on the pod today. No problem. And uh, we shall see you guys next week. On debut, Tungay on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.